Welcome to Podcast Sans Frontiers, a Metal Gear Solid audio experience. Here, we infiltrate the narrative, interrogate the characters, extract the themes, via Fulton, of course, and finally face down the technological behemoth that is the Metal Gear franchise. Hey Snake, you ever heard of Godzilla King of Monsters? No, what is it? It's a movie. I'm Manu, also known as Manuclear Bomb. I'm Brian. Hi. Today's episode is Like a Spy Movie, where we circle back to the reason we started this podcast, our raison d'etre, if you will, this supposed Metal Gear Solid movie due out at some point at some time. But first, our spoiler warning for this and every episode. Everything is declassified. We know who Sigint becomes. We know who Meryl marries. We know the fate of Master Kazahiro Miller. This is not a playthrough podcast. It's all on the table for discussion as we progress through the games. We can start our discussion with some caveats or precursor questions before we discuss the Metal Gear Solid movie, what we would like to see in it, and who we would fan cast in some of the roles. I guess the first question to ask is, do we actually want a Metal Gear movie? And uh, we've kind of covered this when we talked about the remakes and prequels, but to some extent, I'm always down for something new Metal Gear, so I won't deny that I'm at least intrigued by the possibility, even if that possibility possibility comes with a load of dread some of my main issues with the metal but not Gear carl urban <laughs> um carl urban would be someone i would theoretically yeah. cast in a role yeah i have i have a specific one i've been saving for him so yes i can't wait um some of my main issues with the metal gear movie are as follows as we try to highlight in our games coverage the solid series is finely tuned to the video game genre Everything is as it is because it is a game, not a movie, not a visual novel, or not any other medium that Metal Gear intersects with. It was the most cinematic video game experience of its time, but it was still a game. Solid Snake has a characterization, one I found to be far more robust than than before we did this podcast, but he's still built in a way to leave room for the player to self-insert and have to face consequences for actions taken within the game. Films, of course, do have audience surrogates and inserts, but they don't behave quite the same way. My biggest concern by far is a Metal Gear movie coming out of the Hollywood machine as funded by the Department of Defense. I just don't trust the studio system to properly indict and light up the American military infrastructure in a meaningful way. Metal Gear Solid has never been just about a few bad apples, but an entire rotten system designed to turn human bodies into grist to keep the powers that be in control. MGS1, just for starters, pretty much points out everyone is wrong or bad to some degree, including Colonel Campbell. Yes, they do specific individuals like Jim Houseman, and we learned the POTUS is Solidus Snake, but the entire DoD, DARPA, and ArmsTech as a stand-in for defense companies are highlighted as sources of the rot. The last thing I ever, ever want to see is a jingoist solid snake doing it for America. 
Yeah, I, my other concerns also are just in a, in a general, just sort of sanding off the, the the harsher, the weirder edges of it, which happens with everything, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just how this this stuff works with Hollywood. It's how you make Andrew Garfield a skater for to be Spider Man. Yeah, somebody somewhere will be will just be like someone in, in a in a boardroom somewhere will just throw up their hands and be like, I just don't like this specific I don't I personally don't understand this, so I don't think anyone will. They'll Vince McMahon it. Mm-hmm. It's that's the, the famous thing Vince McMahon does is when he gets a new new wrestler who's popular with like a strange or he's not even just like a gimmick he's not familiar with. He just assumes that, that no one who watches his product will like it, so he just turn changes them. It's it's just like a I don't know. Making it, I, I can't really describe it all. It's just like deciding what your audience wants before they even get a chance to tell you what they want. And then, then there's, then there's the attendant, there's the attendant risks. Like there's the Marvel stuff where they just reflexively do this because they, they know it'll hurt the movie chances in China. If they have a sex scene in it or whatever, whatever, whatever excuses they use. Yeah. And then they have a whole litany of excuses these days. Um, and like you, you're talking about Vince McMahon and I have a older, you know, history with wrestling and yeah. i just think of when uh wwf uh, acquired both wcw and ecw or basically pushed them out of business and forced those wrestlers to come in uh basically everyone cool outside of like three people uh they basically just like made jobbers or just made them part of the undercard and didn't well, really do anything with those characters. more of that was they didn't want to pay goldberg and sting 10 million dollars but yeah the best example is when they they finally brought ddp in ddp one of the biggest stars in wcw and i'm sorry if people don't understand wrestling this is a bad analogy that's nothing to do with metal gear but they brought him in he was the hugest like the most popular most well-liked like good guy in the whole company and they brought him in as a guy who was trying to rape the undertaker's wife that was his storyline yeah i remember that which which results in one of the funniest things in wrestling history to me which is when uh they it's revealed to be ddp and the crowd loses their shit starts screaming and chanting and you got jr's jim ross's attendant comment uh, over the top of that trying to trying to talk over this huge din of being like ddp is a pervert he's a sick man <laughs> and people are just like yeah we love him we love this pervert and I think, uh, especially since we've done this podcast, uh, like the weirder and the hornier and just the outright inexplicable stuff mm-hmm. is kind of what separates Metal Gear from mm-hmm. everything else. And I can very much see it just like being a soulless recreation by Hollywood, kind of what's going to happen with this Uncharted movie um, that's coming out, which has, I mean, I, I don't dislike Tom Holland, but everything they've decided to do with that movie just seems like the wrong choice. Um, and I, I very much worry that that might be the fate of a Metal Gear movie. So next question, can a Metal Gear movie even be good? Which, I mean, every movie has the potential to be good. I think it can be well-directed and well-acted, but Metal Gear has a certain alchemy that can't be ignored. Some of it comes from how it invokes the medium, uses every part of the console and controller, and exists in that space between game and player, the fabled meta. Those are things that will simply be hard to replicate in a film, if it's even possible or attempted. Not to say that directors haven't pulled off some wild shit in their time, but just a straight military action story doesn't really get to the heart of Metal Gear in a meaningful way to me. That just ends up being most Michael Bay movies. 
based on a Kong Skull Island, I do think Jordan Voight Roberts has a good aesthetic to do a Metal Gear movie, both in how he did the opening title sequence, which is very similar to Metal Gear Solid 3, and the action filming, and how he didn't buy into the overly machismo heroism of its own characters. Yeah, and something you mentioned before I'm thinking about now for the last minute or so is the horniness of this is going to be gone, right? It'll, it might be horny, but it might be horny in that snake will make out and have a sex scene and yeah. not have the yeah. weird horniness um, of like Mei Ling dropping her pencil and Johnny Sazaki trying to check her out while Meryl hits him, which is not one of my favorite horny scenes in Metal Gear by any. But it's it's not going to be weird horny. It's going to be very hero gets the girl kind of horny mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. I would imagine. So I can be perverted and strange. Mm-hmm. Which it really should be. Um, And I think, you know, we could use a lot more of that in Hollywood cinema these days. I don't want to go too much further without at least noting that Jordan Voight Roberts does have allegations against him. Trigger warning for sexual assault here. But he assaulted Dana DeArmond, who's an adult film star, on the set of Comedy Central's mashup from the early 2010s. He was on that project alongside T.J. Miller, who has also rightfully been Me Too'd in the last few years. According to DeArmond, or this is a tweet from uh, Dana DeArmond saying, I wonder if Jordan Voight Roberts was a creep to anyone else. After mash- after rapping mashup, he invited me for drinks. I thought he was polite when he walked to my car. Uh, he leaned in for a kiss. I said, no, thank you. He replied, don't make this weird and kiss me anyways. Again, it just, it sucks that uh, you yeah. have someone like this attached to uh, the film. Someone who I thought, you know, based on Kong Skull Island could could be a solid director for uh, a Metal Gear movie, but um, I don't want to pretend like we're just glossing over that fact. I think it's something we should um, explicitly state before we discuss the movie any further. And what that those allegations, like if they, what effect they should have on his career or anything, is it's not honestly my purview. Like it's not for me to say, but yeah, they definitely need to be brought up because I, I remember seeing that a few months ago after looking some stuff up and being just very disappointed. Mm-hmm. that's all you can do you just, there's, there's no there should be no other reaction just that i'm sad that that happened for everyone involved mainly her not i'm not sad for him i'm sad for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah also yeah it's just that it's nothing there's nothing else to really say about it. it's bad So uh, before we get into the fan casting, I do want to talk a little bit about how we view uh, the adaptation choice of Metal Gear Solid uh, should go. And it's basically three options or a hybrid of any of these three options. It would be, should the film mimic an existing game uh, or should it be set in the existing timeline or should it be its own adaptation using trappings from the games? Me personally, I am of the mind that I would like it to be its own adaptation, taking the trappings of Metal Gear Solid and coming up with its own new story, maybe something like the Castlevania anime did. Mm-hmm. A couple reasons for this. Uh, this way, if the movie is bad or just whatever, it's very easy to segregate it from the existing game narrative as told. 
Shadow Moses and Big Shell and Operation Snake Eater are pretty perfect stories in their own right. And I think any sort of film adaptation is just necessarily going to be lesser. I think this gives them some wiggle room too with the narrative. You don't have to recreate surprises and turns from the existing saga, which would be, you know, assumed or guessed by fans and have the ability to make up your own. If Liquid Snake doesn't have to be an identical twin and can just be a brother to Solid Snake, you don't need to do Oscar Isaac in multiple roles, which would be cool, but I still think I'd like to see some other actors in there. I think some of the concept art may point to this, as there are drawings uh, for this movie that show Metal Gear Rex, Rex from Metal Gear Solid 1 surrounded by the skulls from Metal Gear Solid B. If they were to adapt something from the existing Metal Gear Solid canon, maybe revamping the MSX games, at least Metal Gear 1987, is the way to go. You get your Solid Snake and Big Boss, and you can spin out your story from there setting up prequels or sequels. I'm loath to want this, but it definitely allows you to go both forward with Solid Snake and backwards with Big Boss. Frank Yeager before his Cyber Ninja days, and then you can pretty much update everything else told in that first game aside from perhaps the ending. So how do you feel about this, Brian? Where's your adaptation preference? I think I mostly agree, although I also, I kind of would want them to do a, kind of a parallel story, like um, adapt Metal Gear Solid 1, but like not 100%. Although I guess that does bring it into the, the Cowboy Bebop territory where they're doing, they're kind of doing adaptations, but not really. And it's just like, who's this for? Yeah. Um, um, and uh, it's weird because who's a Metal Gear Solid movie for, uh, really? Um, is it for us? Probably not because I just don't think it's going to be as cerebral or as thoughtful. It's going to be for mass audiences. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, if you are going to do a game, you do, you're doing just I think you're doing just MGS, like the first one. I think that's what everyone kind of presumes is what it would be. I think I did find a quote. I can't remember if it was from Voight Roberts or not, that it is going to exist in the timeline somehow and kind of be based on existing stuff, but be its kind of own story within it, which is kind of a hybrid of the three avenues we discussed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they'd pull it off, but there there are enough breaks in the timeline where you could theoretically come up with something. Um, but I think Metal Gear Solid 1 is probably the most straightforward to adapt and straightforward to adapt in a two to three hour film. Um, because after that, every game starts just getting longer and longer yeah, in terms yeah. of the narrative. How are you going to do images two in a, in a three hour film? No, um, you, you almost have to like do like a made for TV movie of the tank of the, or of the, yeah, mm-hmm. the tanker stage mm-hmm. and then say, see the epic conclusion in theaters or whatever. Um, I do think metal gear solid actually would be, better as some kind of you know 10 episode season uh like that would give it plenty of time to do all this stuff like especially the first three metal gears for sure and four if you probably take out like some of the cutscene stuff are Mm -hmm. really like you know eight to ten hour experiences in full um so i think like us and i'm not saying i'm you know green light a metal gear solid tv show but i think that might be a little better because there is a lot of tangents and you know rabbit holes the games go down and i enjoy those rabbit holes when you know they sit there and they talk about whether love can bloom on a battlefield and that's actually pertinent to the plot to some levels but i also like you know sigan calling and telling us about how this camo was invented in uh you know 1915 germany or something like that so yeah yeah you're incredible like a movie hero or something no 
wrong. In the movies, the hero always saves the girl. All right, so we'll get to the stuff that you're probably actually here to see who we would possibly cast as some of the main characters in Metal Gear Solid or which actors we would at least like to see perform some of the roles. And we'll start with Solid Snake. We know it's Oscar Isaac. I think he's as good a choice as any for it. But let's say Oscar Isaac was off the board. Do you have anyone else you could think of uh, playing the role of Solid Snake? Me, personally? Yeah. Viggo Mortensen, probably. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, So I wrote him down. Yeah. uh, No, that's a great one. Uh, The other one I had picked is uh, Frank Grillo, um, who, of course, I mostly know from the, uh, what's it called, Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier film, where he plays Rumlow or Crossbones. Um, He's seen in that movie doing CQC-like stuff, literally with like the pistol and knife in hand. Um, He is a former MMA fighter or something like that, or at least trained. Um, so he could do a lot of the stuff. Um, he's supposedly pretty solid in the Purge movies as well. Um, he's not an actor known for his range, but I don't think Solid Snake is necessarily defined by his range, but more all the ways he can inflect within a limited range. Yeah. Um, and that, that's not meant to be a backhanded compliment to Snake or David Hayter, but I think Grillo would be someone I... And he also just kind of looks the part a little bit. Um, and I, I hate to... Uh, I don't think the same people should be cast in every fucking movie, but there were parts of Kong Skull Island where I'm like, wow, Tom Hiddleston, he kind, he kind of does look the part when he's holding the M16. Maybe more of a liquid snake or big boss type, but um, he kind of looked the part, as, at least in the way that Jordan Voight Roberts shot him in that movie. Yeah, I, mean, I, that, I think that was more Jordan, Jordan Voight Roberts doing that on purpose. Probably, uh, considering he named a whole thing Gray Fox in there and gave, uh, what, John C. Riley a samurai sword. Uh, so that's really the only role we have cast in the entire thing that John we know really is solid <laughs> I mean, I would I would pay to see that movie. Uh, but we we should move on to the characters that uh, really haven't been cast, and there's really no rumor or anything. So how about uh, Otacon? Let's say him. And I just want to start this. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Tom Holland was on some like Graham Norton show and he wore glasses and people are like, oh, he should be Otacon. No. And let me just say not fucking Tom Holland, who I like. Um, we expressed how much we like him on our Spider-Man episode, but he is both not the right guy and in just many ways not appropriate for Otacon. Uh, I know, I know that Otacon? he's older. I know that he's not this young, but I don't want Otacon to be like 15 years younger than Snake. Fuck off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he really, he really isn't. I don't know. I don't know what their canonical ages are because I think you can, we can put this together real quick. Because Otacon was born like 1981 ish, based on what we know from MGS two, and then so he's like 34 ish when mm-hmm. we get to Shadow Moses, mm-hmm. and Solid Snake is probably like probably right around there. To be honest, I think mm-hmm. they're roughly the same age. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's yeah. a weird one. I don't really have like a specific. I think it's because the Christopher Randolph performance is just like so prominent. I don't really have like somebody. Yeah, I don't think um, you have was, to. I, yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't know. Um, this is this was one of the harder ones for me. I was pretty quickly to come up at least with two or three for everyone else um, because I, I don't really associate anyone with Attica and besides uh, Christopher Randolph. Um, the one choice I kind of pulled out just you know trying to come up with something is a uh, William Jackson Harper who played Chidi in the good place. Um, it just, he, he feels like he could like play the role. He's pretty good in that. I haven't actually seen him in anything else. Fast talking nervous uh, guy. This is a good, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so, Anacon, I don't know. You want to cast like a little weirdo, but I think Anakon should be like a, a handsome, self-assured guy who, when he gets confidence, I don't know. I don't know. Anakon's a weird casting. I don't really unsure who the, who'd go with. I mean, maybe we just cast Michael B. Jordan since they're both otakus mm-hmm. and big fans of anime. Um, this is so like I one don't of my Japanese animes. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> I would love to hear Michael B. Jordan say that. Right as right as uh, Steve Rule Solid Snake is like, <laughs> yeah, I do think love can bloom on a battlefield. Love, maybe not <laughs> so with Otacon, especially if they do a take on Shadow Moses. But I do think there might be room for some of these roles to be voice only or over the codec, which would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like there you could bring in someone like you know Christopher Randolph or. Um, Paul Eiding or someone like that just to play that role if they're mostly going to be in audio. Um, and, you know, they can be on screen too. Uh, that's not a big problem with me. And Oscar Isaac at this point is a little older than Solid Snake was um, in his first several missions. So, Which I think um, if, if, they they, can, if they do a straightforward MGS adaptation, that'll work better because he's supposed to be like kind of worn down by that point already, like physically beat up. And twice retired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll work. But with that, I think they can possibly, they don't have to go super young with uh, any of the castings they do. No. Okay, let's hop over to Big Boss. And at this point, we're these are characters we're speculating that might not even be in a, in a movie, a Metal Gear movie, or they might just be mentioned. Uh, Big Boss, if they don't like age up Oscar Isaac. Uh, one idea i had is i really liked richard dormer who was Beric dondarian in game of thrones again i don't think i'm picking someone who's like known for like their amazing range or um you know like these sweeping performances but he really looked the part to me Mm -hmm. um even his whole brotherhood without banners thing in uh game of thrones is very similar to like militar sans frontiers it's pretty much the same concept. Um, And he does have a gravitas and a presence on screen, which is really what you need from Big Boss. Um, But uh, that's all I could come up with him. Uh, But I mean, there's several distinguished older actors. Because you'd probably get someone who is, at least you can make look easily 10 to 15 years, now probably like 20 to 30 years older than Solid Snake. Well, if you're going for a big name actor, there's only, you get Kurt Russell. Oh, you get. okay. That 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 yeah. I think that I think that has to be the choice. Um, and it it's I wouldn't call that meta, but it at least starts playing on the themes that make you think of Metal Gear Solid, of like you know taking in the real world and existing in that space between mm. audience and game. Um, I think Kurt Russell. I think you nailed it. I think that's write that one down. Whoever's casting the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> movie because that's perfect. And if they if they're not thinking about that, they shouldn't be making the movie <laughs> probably. All right, let's do Liquid Snake. And I want you to go because the first thing I have written down here was one that you basically drilled into my head very successfully when you <laughs> came to visit me a couple months ago. Dan Stevens, baby. We want to get menaced, sec- gonna get menaced sexually by a, a strange, a weird hot guy. Weird thin hot guy. Dan Stevens, mm-hmm. he's perfect. He, um, again, I, I, if anyone hasn't seen The Guest where he sexually menaces a town and then kills everybody. Um, but I mean, he's in... He's in uh, uh, Legion. He's an, he's a weird, creepy guy in that. I don't know. He's he's got a very he's fits perfectly into that range of like smug antagonist sort of guy. I know that uh, his main wheelhouse is is Downton Abbey, and I know people know him from the Beat and the Beast, and he can do that too. But 
I don't know. He's he's a Brit, so you don't have to. You can keep the accent or something approximating the accent. He could do that accent. He could go yeah, he all out for that. That's what I want. I think I think the the big thing with all our liquid castings that it, it has he has to be kind of posh. I think I think it makes him because he he seems for ninety percent of the game like he's a super suave and control guy, and then he turns into a rage monster, which is great. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what Dan Stevens does yes. in uh, The Guest. Uh, so I really think that's the best casting there. Um, and I do really like the idea of keeping them um, British or at least, you know, able to pull off a British accent. Because uh, my second choice is uh, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, who, I'm sorry, I'm going to be pulling from a Game of Thrones a lot. You guys know me. That's just what happens. He played Jamie Lannister. Um, he kind of has the look with the blonde hair. Um, and he just, you know, he, I think he's one of the better actors from that show. And he could easily, you know. If the point of this is that it, uh, Oscar's supposed to be passing as a white person, I think Nikolai Costa-Waldo is vaguely similar enough looking to him. Like, they both have big, strong jawlines. You could just kind of pretend that they're the same, mm-hmm. that they're clones. Right. And I, I'm also, like I mentioned up top, yeah. like if they make them not identical twins, but just fraternal twins or just brothers, like I don't think you necessarily lose much. Um, I mean, no. it gets kind of goofy with the cloning aspect. So they might have to still be twins in some fashion, but, um, and I'll throw in uh, Tom Hiddleston again. I, again, I think it's just because of the way he shot in Kong Skull Island. Uh, but again, he's a British guy. Um, Liquid is pretty buff, but I do think of him as a little bit lankier than Solid Snake. Yeah. Um, and I think of both of them as lankier than Big Boss, who I think of as more filled out. Because um, when we talked about uh, Snake Eater, we mentioned that he was patterned after Arnold Schwarzenegger and like Commando and Predator. Well, Snake Eater, he's um, still kind of thin, but then in Peace Walker and, and V, he's the brick shit house. Yeah, he he's a fucking brick. I love it. Um, he doesn't too like we know he can do imperious brother characters <laughs> he's done this <laughs> very yeah yeah um liquid snake i think um i think dan stevens is still the best answer i think he's the one on our list where it's like oh all the answers we kind of have thought about all pretty much work mm-hmm. um and they're also um actors i can see them actually getting because when we get to the ocelot actors we're going to start be pulling some really big names yeah where i might not see metal you know a metal gear solid movie actually attracting these actors per se um but i feel like any of these three actors for liquid snake are people who would theoretically be game to do a metal gear solid movie so let's do ocelot um and i think there's like a lot of people really want to pick a very method actor uh, to do Ocelot. Just if for nothing else, the shits and giggles I would get from Daniel Day-Lewis, like pretending to be Ocelot in his everyday life or on set. Um, so I had Daniel Day-Lewis on here. I also threw in Ethan Hawke, and this was completely based on a photo I saw of him and Oscar Isaac from, I believe it was the set of The Card Counter, uh, the Paul Schrader film that just came out. Um, and he just kind of, he has a very sharp nose, which is something I very much associate with Ocelot. And of course, Ethan Hawke's just one of our greatest living actors right now. And you know, he can um, rock a he, huge, a huge goofy mustache. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we've seen that. Um, so, and you know, he does have that, uh, rapport and experience working, uh, off of, uh, Oscar Isaac too. So that's a plus, but I mean, if we, if we could rewind maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 years, I think Sam Elliott would be the guy everyone would want to see as Ocelot, even yeah. though he's kind of exists at a different register instead of vocal performance. Um, if I want to, I'll just throw in Timothy Oliphant here if he just wants to be yes. Raylan Gibbons, but um, a little it's crazier. It's going to be a little too soft-spoken to be Ocelot, though. 
this is the yeah. greatest handgun ever made. Like, oh shit, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, Timothy Oliphant's body with uh, Walter uh, Walton Goggins' uh, vocal performance. Actually, Walton Goggins just straight up could be a decent ocelot. He doesn't look the part as much, but um, he could definitely do the big bombastic speeches. See, see now we're. Ethan Hawke, I think, is gettable, but if we're going into the... I have a specific person for this, and it's going to change Ocelot a little bit, but we want people who they could get. We want someone that Kojima has a direct line to. We want Matt Mickelson. Most insane oh. Ocelot imaginable. Oh, God. Uh, Mads might also... Um, we could get Norman Reedus, too. I'd watch yeah, that. I, mean, um, I, I, I do not have any great love for uh, The Walking Dead, but I think Norman Reedus was one of the few parts that I really don't have a problem with, no, with good. that show. He's um, good in this He's very good. At, and he's, he, he knows CQC. He does it with the crossbow and his own knife uh, in true. The Walking Dead. Um, I was going to say, uh, Mads Mikkelsen might also be a good big boss choice. Yeah. Um, not, I think Kurt Russell, for a million reasons, is the best choice. But I think he at least, he's the kind of presence, both physically and on screen, that you want out of big boss. So I think that's a great spot. And like you said, there's a Kojima connection there, which I think makes any of these choices a slightly better um, because it allows it to kind of riff in that space. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so, my other uh, my other person here, although this is somebody I want to save maybe for just another role. Um, I want to see Andy Serkis do a cowboy accent. He could do it. Oh. Um, but Andy Serkis yeah, may be, no. honestly, may be better used for like a voice role or a CG. But like he's a good, he's a good actor, too. I, want, I don't want to just put it all into that. There's plenty of things you could do, though. You could fill him in. Yeah. Um, he, he, he can do the motion capture for Metal Gear. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I was uh, thinking about, and this has nothing to do with Metal Gear Solid, um, with the new Batman movie coming out, I really like the choice of Andy Serkis as Alfred. Because yeah. um, it's just, it's different. It's not going to be Michael Caine or the guy who did it for, um, you know, the Michael Keaton movies. Um, it's it's kind of a different energy, and I really like it. And I, like you said, I think Andy Serkis doesn't get enough respect for his actual acting outside of his motion capture, which are great, I think. Um, you know, Gollum, you know, we don't have to talk about much, but I think he's fantastic in the Planet of the Apes films as Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything I've seen him in, he's great in it. Um, so I, and we know he could, we can actually slot him in anywhere because he did like deranged really well when he was in Black Panther. Um, he, he can pretty much do the whole smorgasbord of performances of, um, of arch, <laughs> uh, action movie roles. Yes, he can do all of them. Mm-hmm. So the next one I want to get to is a little trickier for me because I don't know how it would play uh, within the film, but it'd be Cyborg Ninja and possibly either as the same character or as someone completely different, uh, Raiden. And Raiden might be someone you save for a sequel, Mm. which I really don't want to get there yet. Um, But do you have any good Cyborg Ninja? Well, we talked about this before. I can't believe you forgot. Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. They have to be best friends. But I, I have another. I have another choice, and this is actually something I considered for uh, for Liquid and mainly for Liquid. But um, uh, Robert Pattinson, let's get him be being insane. He's really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that'd be good. Um, and it, it's Cyborg Ninja, but it's very possible that in a first movie they might do like Frank Yeager as just a dude. Um, but I really like like because Metal Gear Solid was my with, intro with Pattinson to- also so. Mm-hmm. Um, Metal Gear Solid was my intro to the series in full like I really knew nothing before it and when a ninja shows up in the middle of your military action game it's really kind of 
it's supposed to jar the audience in a way. And I really want want Cyborg Ninja kind of to show up and be like, wait, there's a ninja in this? Um, I know they would give it Dude, away in the ninja. trailers at this point. <laughs> um, but it would be cool. Just like people are like, oh, I'm here to see a new version of The Rock. And all of a yeah. sudden, fucking a dude with a sword shows up and starts cutting people in half. Um, that's part and of the mashing his head against the wall and screaming. That's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I some of my choices, like Stevens in particular, even Hiddleston, um, and and specifically Robert Pattinson. We need crazy. We need people to be completely fucking deranged. Yeah, unhinged yeah. Uh, energy. Um, I think Daniel Day Lewis. I don't think he's unhinged, um, but he just it. brings crazy energy to um, his roles. And when we get to that, just actors we want to see, I think you're going to see us listing a lot of people along those lines. Um, you well. said you, you have Timothy Chalamet that this is his ride, which would be fine. I'm just imagining now Solid as Snake going, I want that twink obliterated. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, so I've said a lot on Twitter recently that I am just kind of sick of every time something <laughs> comes up, we basically cast four actors. Mm-hmm. It's Chalamet, Tom Holland, who we discussed, Chris Pratt, and then uh, amongst women, I feel like. Anya Taylor-Joy, who's a great actor, um, but she's just like, anytime like people are can- um, casting the princess that should be in the next Dune film, and everyone's just saying Anya Taylor-Joy, I, I, I and I'm like, yeah, she's like, yeah, that's, but yeah, that's one, that's um, one role. Yeah, um, but it's just like, there are plenty of people that I want to, um, that I would love to see other people uh, get a role at, because again, the Metal Gear Solid movie is not going to be pulling in if they pull in Timothy Chalamet, basically everyone else is getting like working for under yeah. you know, a million dollars on this film. So, um, but he has good twink energy, and I think that's very important to ride in um, is to have yes. good twink energy. Yes, he doesn't have to have that color hair either. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, yeah, no. So uh, we'll move on to the Campbells, or at least the Campbell family, even though Merrill goes by the last name Silverberg. Um, I didn't really have any great ones, but I just really like um, the actress Christina Hendricks, and I'm too. definitely influenced by the fact that she's a redhead. Um, so I just threw down Christina Hendricks. I mean, she's, she's far too old for that role now, in fairness. And that's not even like a Hollywood old. I mean, like Meryl's supposed to be like in her early 20s. Yeah, yeah, especially in the first Shadow so, yeah, Moon, find a young she's actually a rookie. And, and who yeah. can do it. Find a Daisy Ridley. Don't get Daisy Ridley, though. Yeah, yeah. It's too much money. Uh, yeah, once you, once you make a Star War, you can only afford one Star War alum per film, and we already got Oscar Isaac. So, Although, um, let's get John Boyega in as, as Gray Fox and really ramp up the homoeroticism of that Solid State Gray Fox relationship. Yeah. And uh, I'm not as familiar with the MSX games, uh, but there are uh, women characters in there that aren't Meryl. <laughs> um, that might be someone there that are? they can just... Yeah, uh, there are. <laughs> um, I forget their names. One might be named Tara or Tara. Yes. Um, and I'm not thinking of Final Fantasy VI. Uh, but uh, there, I, I feel like Meryl might be a place where instead of using Meryl, you could introduce a new character so you can you can still tell kind of the same story, but it doesn't have to be. I you don't also, think any of this you has to be one have for one. To put, you don't have to put the burden of trying to equal David Hayter's Meryl on Oscar Isaac's shoulders. <laughs> exactly, exactly. One character I do want to see in some capacity is Colonel Roy Campbell. And my uh, choices for this are a little bit out of the box, but I think they work really well. Um, the first one is Reginald Val Johnson, uh, who you might know as uh, Officer Winslow from Pam- Family Matters. I forget what his name is yep. in Die Hard. 
Uh, but he's literally the man on the radio in Die Hard uh, talking to John McClane. And Die Hard, of course, is one of the big influences on Metal Gear. Um, so I feel like he could just be, you know, a guy in the chair, essentially. And this is a role that would I'd be fine if it was just almost completely audio. Um, if it's just Snake on a codec talking to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a couple split screens or a codec screen here or there. Uh, but it doesn't have to be a total physical performance for Campbell. And like and to that, I think Rory Campbell and more than anybody does not have to be a white dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what's it called with Campbell not being a white dude? My other um, what's it called choice is J. Smith Cameron, who some of you might know as Jerry from Secession or from the movie Margaret. Uh, she's done a bunch of other stuff, but that's literally the only thing I've seen on her from her. But I think. Again, this is a role that easily uh, both uh, gender bends and race bends. Um, there's no real need to have it be, um, you know, an old white guy. It obviously fits with some of the military motifs, but in the world of 2021, and, and also have, in the military, that doesn't really. Yeah, um, we we're in the age where lean-in feminism has been, um, you know ballyhooed and then kind of shot down as being a form of corporate or imperial feminism. So um, having an older woman be the commanding officer definitely would still fit in with the themes that this game is trying to go for. I laughed before because I you, you were saying succession. I was just imagining Brian Cox as Campbell. Fuck off, Snake. Oh, got it. <laughs> oh he would be good, though. Um, I, I didn't include Brian Cox uh, anywhere in here, but if I Too had to cast to him... Too Cam- I- Campbell, I think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I'd kind of like him to see, see him play the end uh, if they ever did that. Um, a little different energy because he's not like a German guy. He's a Scottish guy. But um, I can see him just being an old guy and they just ask him to like lay on the floor for a while. And He's the know, most he manifestly has... Irish man. One of the most manifestly Irish men in the world, I, mm-hmm. I feel like. Scottish mm-hmm. man, not Irish man. But the most manifestly Irish man is Billy Connolly. Um, oh, yeah. Um, or, Sean uh, Bean also pretty, pretty fucking Irish. He's more northern, but yeah. So before I get into just actors, we might want to see in a Metal Gear movie. Is there any other roles you can think of that, you know, either should be included or would be fun to cast here on this pod? Uh, we can just do that when I go along. We go along this list we have. Okay. So uh, what's it called? We are going to just start naming. Remembering uh, what's some it guys. <laughs> yeah, we are going to start remembering some guys and then kind of maybe say where we might see them. Uh, maybe we'll alternate this so it's not just me listing off stuff and then Brian. Okay. Um, so um, I think uh, my first one and then your first one are pretty much the same idea. Um, it's basically we need to get a big guy in there, um, a big guy who can be an analog to someone like Vulcan Raven. Uh, I, I was thinking Jason Momoa, um, but I think you had mentioned uh, David Bautista David as well. David Bautista, yes. The, uh, the actor from Wrong Side of Town, Dave Bautista. <laughs> it's a movie where it's a, a directed DVD movie where he shoots Ja Rule in the forehead. Oh, that sounds great. It's it's terrific. He's really good but, in it, and everyone else is awful. Yeah. Um, Bautista's constantly impressing me uh, with his uh, on-screen performances, um, and I'm not talking about fucking Drax here, who's basically a joke machine, but and he's fine as that, but like I think he's pretty solid in his 007 role, which is in a bad movie. Um, you know, he's has a really small part in Dune, but he's still really good in that. Terrific and in I know there's something. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. So he's like almost ideal henchman or like, you know, foxhound unit member mm-hmm. material. And I think Jason Momoa is basically kind of in that same vein as well. Um, they would play it differently, but they both are like that big bruiser type, which there's almost always one. Yeah, um, Momoa could do more like soft spoken, 
cool Raven, I guess. I don't know. That's the thing is, if you're casting him as Vulcan Raven, you're really just casting him as Jason Momoa, which is great. Yeah. But he doesn't have to be Vulcan Raven in that analogy. I think Dave could do that specific role better. Yeah, I think if you're doing Vulcan Raven straight up, I mean, ideally, you want to get uh, Inuit actor mm-hmm. if you're trying to maintain some of the um, racial representation. But if you're just uh, just trying to find an actor to do the Vulcan Raven role, I think Bautista is a better fit for it than Momoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, one thing I would like to see is... Uh, the female sniper, just because that's um, outside of the end. Uh, basically, all the big sniper battles in these uh, games are a female sniper, uh, whether it's Sniper Wolf or Crying Wolf or Quiet. Um, I picked Natalie Dormer just because you, I have a huge you? crush. Yeah, I have a crush on Natalie Dormer, and she's obviously in Game of Thrones as well. Um, but I, I think if they do a sniper character, and I really think this movie should have a sniper sequence, mm. um, I would make sure that character is a woman, uh, just because I feel I feel that feels true. You also um, just again, made, if you I want, think you would need because right now we didn't even talk about Naomi being in the movie, but like right now there's one female character in the movie. Like you need you need a bigger balance. Snake's relationship with with women is one of his mm-hmm. most interesting traits. Like you just need you need more women in the movie. Yeah. Um, and that's probably where we, uh, I probably should have listed more of uh, Snake's various support staffs, um, whether it's Naomi Hunter, uh, Natasha, Nastasha, uh, I forget, Romanenko, or even if they like kind of timeline smudge it so it's like paramedic or uh, Dr. Strangelove, uh, something like that. Uh, I, 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 they do need to make sure it, there should be women both amongst the enemy unit specifically and um, on st- uh, Snake supporting staff, in addition to whether they do a Meryl or an equivalent kind of analog heroine uh, tour. Yes. Um, uh, my, with a, my, my, my choice for that role was Olga Kirilenko because she should be in more things. She's, yeah, no, she's yeah, good. she's great. And uh, um, I actually double taped. Uh, when you put this in the show notes, because Olga Kirilenko is like, no, her name is Olga Gerlukovich. And then I realized you were referring to the actor in uh, Quantum of Solace. Yes. Uh, so, uh, which also would be good. And uh, Sniper Wolf, again, if we care about maintaining any of the racial representation, is a Kurdish character, mm-hmm. even though she's, you know, white with blonde and green hair. And there are Kurdish people who are white presenting, so that's not an issue. But Natalie Dormer is obviously not. Um, but again, this is where I feel like you kind of fund, uh, what fudge with the canon you, a little bit. You could as make her Russian doing... also, like if you cast over here, like go. Yes, easily. Um, I, mean, I love, so I, I love I really... her speech. Her, her being Kurdish is like one of her main character traits, but I don't think they were really that beholden to it. You don't have to be. Yeah. Um, why don't you hit me with one of your actors that you want to see before I uh, do another? I'll one. save. Okay, so I said I said Pattinson and Circus. I'll save the the big one for later. Uh, let's get Tom Hardy in here. I don't know how. I don't know. He's going to make too much money, but let's get him in there because, again, I need we need weird, unhinged people. Yeah, he he's just psychotic and everything. So, um, And we'll get a, probably another voice that we've never seen. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, always down for more Tom Hardy voices. And, like, we know that he can do a- any of the physical stuff. He can do all of the act. Like, he is possibly the best actor working these days, or he's at least in that conversation, in my opinion. Um so I would absolutely love to see him in it. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, going back to the character actor, well, I have Jeremy Strong on here um, just because he's a fucking weirdo. Yes. And um, 
I don't want to bring up the whole New Yorker, whatever character piece I was on him, but I feel like you can give him something super weird. Like if there is like a mantis analog in this game, uh, he might be a great one just because he's, he, I don't think he's like goofy looking, but he is, is kind of goofy looking. Um, he has a very distinct presence and performance. I just would, uh, I, that I, I would personally be worried about what it would do to him. mentally. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Psycho am, Mantis I'm might a, physically. I'm a psychic. You have to refer to me as a psychic. Um, so, and it's a definitely a different register than how Psycho Mantis is played in the first Metal Gear. But I think again, it's just like, we want some real unhinged energy. That's, in. that's why I chose Andrew Scott for that role. Mm hmm. Let's get a weirdo um, in here. Yeah, as, as many weirdos as as, as for as as probably as as ultimately bad as Sherlock ended up being. I thought he was. I, I'm a big fan of his Moriarty. He's just weird mm-hmm. and sexually um, menacing. And, That's the two things you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um. If we didn't have like four or five other better choices for like Liquid Snake, and I don't think Andrew Scott's quite that physical presence yeah, for it. Thing, yeah. But he could play all the other parts that you'd want from Liquid Snake. Um, I think he makes a very good villain. Even that, you know, Bond movie we don't like very much. He's at least enjoyable. He's not given a great role. No, he's not um, in it very much. But but he's at least good with what he's given. Doesn't really and I think that's true. Mm-hmm, I think so. Um, I forgot. Wasn't he like Q? No, M. No, yeah, he was. Yeah, he C? was evil. Yeah, yeah, he was evil. M. Jeez, god damn that movie. It sucks. I have a couple more people then. I'll go with the this one. This one's not necessarily all for this movie, but if they do, if they end up doing the boss, it has to be Kate Blanchett. I will. I will accept no substitutes. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's perfect. This this is under the assumption that Metal Gear Solid comes out and makes four hundred million dollars, so they have the money for. The- that's the only way that it starts having prequels and sequels, and you know, theoretically, they can bend you know the canon however they want for this movie. Because one thing I was thinking of is maybe this first movie has Big Boss in it, even if not the big bad, then at least, like, I hate to say post-credits reveal, but Metal Gear was doing fucking post-credit shit long before mm-hmm. every other movie was doing it, so I'd be fine. And it should be an audio uh, post-credits, not a, what's it called, you know, Marvel MCU teaser. Well, that's not all. They'll do it the other way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett as a boss would be great. I, I would love to see Kate Blanchett in here anywhere. Mm. Um, she could make her Campbell. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, I think she's perfect. And, uh, like, I like think she's perfect. It's not for metal gear solid. I just think, do you just think I she's, mean, she's not? Yeah. She's super neat. Um, is there anyone else that you can think of that would just be good for a metal gear movie? So this is, this is my secret one for Carl Urban. I want Carl Urban to be solidus. I want it right now, please. Oh, that yes, that's good. That's perfect. You, you really can't go wrong with that. Um, I like Carl Urban in literally everything I've seen him in, um, even movies I don't like. He's great in that. I guess he's not good I do in like. Doom, but that's not. I, I don't blame him for it. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't see that, it's but I loved terrible. him in Dread. Um, and he does. He doesn't even take his helmet off. I don't think in no. Dread. Um, Doom. He literally just plays like. Like I think they, I think they made a mistake. They were trying to do the Doom thing, where it's like he's just some guy, but then it was Carl Urban, so he was just Carl Urban playing some guy, and it was just like, okay, I don't like. He had no characterization whatsoever. Terrible movie. The Rock but, is. Uh, oh well, that, there's your sign of quality. Uh, Carl Urban. The Rock I think is he's in also... it like 2006, and he plays. <laughs> oh, so guy. like, yeah. Before he was a full time movie star, mm-hmm. essentially. 
And uh, Carl Urban's all, like you know he can do all the physical stuff because he he did he was a solid villain in the second Bourne movie I believe. Um, he did all the stuff for Aomer, um in the Lord of the Rings, and I feel like I'm missing out on a big. Oh, he was Bones in the Star Trek movies, which not quite a physical role, but he did he did it well. Oh, it's, it's not even so much that he want, that he can he wants to do the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. He's talked about that before. He likes it. Well, if we're uh, speaking about someone who likes to do the physical stuff and is completely unhinged, I feel like we should at least mention Willem Dafoe for something. Um, because as we talked about when on our, on our Spider-Man episode, he demanded to do all that, as much of the stunt work as was possible for that role. Yeah. And he is I don't know. absolutely deranged. I don't know what he would be. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I mean, this is maybe you can make him like made, Spider-Man. The, the fear or something, even if it's just like a cameo <laughs> appearance, but... Um, no role really lines up with him, but I think he's just, he has that energy. That I thought it was rude sense. when he, when he ran up to Solid Snake and went, out am I? And then threw a bomb at him. <laughs> and then he put him to sleep. He went sleep and he fell asleep. That was weird. It was a weird, weird, weird movie. <laughs> Me and Meryl Jane are going to have a hell of a time. <laughs> um, I thought that it was weird when the whole movie was actually just Sam Raimi's Raimi Spider-Man. It was a strange, strange choice. Very meta. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break there and then come back with our last section. What a thrill With darkness and silence through the night So uh, we talked about who we want to see. We talked about whether a Metal Gear Solid movie can be good. But now we just want to talk about things we would love to see in the movie itself. Um, these could be small things. Like I would love to see a cardboard box sequence, even if it's just for like, you know, 10 seconds of Snake hiding in one. Um, and then some are maybe more important. Uh, one I was thinking is I really want to make sure that this movie has anime elements in it because Metal Gear Solid is super anime in a way that a lot of people don't talk about, um, or at least people in the West don't talk about. And I think stuff like Gray Fox, uh, specifically all that ninja stuff, or even like how he um, takes on Metal Gear Rex and, you know, all that stuff I think is super anime. Um, I, a f- giant mech is pretty anime at this point. Um, I hope it's not, again, just a straight military action thriller. I hope it has some of those things. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it has, it has to, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, And then kind of in terms of story structure, I really, really would like for the film to begin in media res, basically with Snake already in process of his infiltration. You can get exposition, whether through flashback or over the codec, you know, audio while Snake is doing this. But I really like how every Metal Gear Solid game basically starts with an infiltration, Mm -hmm. especially the original ones. Um, I like that as a good place to start. They start with the Escape from New York sequence. That's what they're all starting. That's what they're all doing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking this would be a good place to almost uh, mimic uh, Goldfinger, uh, which uh, starts with James Bond uh, 
kind of like swimming underneath up to um, a dock to do whatever his infiltration and explosion stuff. Um, but he kind of comes in wearing a like a bird hat. So it looks like a bird that's just floating on the water before he gets out. That could be a fun spot to put in the croc cap yep. from MGS3. Um, and it does that whole in media res infiltration thing from the go. And along those lines of just like how I want this film as a whole to work, I would really like it to be completely focused on a single event, like, you know, Operation Snake Eater or the Shadow Moses incident. I don't want, you know, like at the end of Act 2, something goes wrong and then Snake has to go back to base and regroup with his team and then they go somewhere else. Yeah. That would be very James Bondy, but that's not very Metal Gear Solid-y, uh, so to speak. And uh, OSP, I would love to, for Snake to go in without weapons um, and acquire a weapon on the way, which almost certainly would happen, at least with, you know, bigger guns. But I would love to see him go in without anything. Again, I think that's more Easter egg stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, just kind of little things that I think would be good flourishes. One, I'm a little hesitant to talk about just because the Matrix Resurrections kind of did something similar is to do some kind of fourth wall breaking. Um, and what I was thinking about before the Matrix Resurrections, and I'm try I don't want to spoil that movie here, but was um instead of you know, the we talk about the games as a way that they like confront the player with their violence or something like that, or why do you want to play Metal Gear some more after you've already played three titles or whatnot? Um, a fun way to twist that would be to turn that onto Oscar Isaac. Uh, who like wanted to be the role of Solid Snake. So if in that middle of that, you know, Jeremy Strong Mantis battle, uh, we do see like him. So you wanted to be in this movie or something like that. It would have to be way less clunky than I'm making it out to be. But I feel like that's the only spot I can see a real fourth wall breaking is maybe playing with Oscar Isaac wanting to be in this. They could do like, you know, I see you've seen, you know, the Phantom Thread before if they look at your AMC Stubbs account or something like that. But um it's hard to do fourth wall breaking now, especially with impossible to do. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and it's also the fourth wall breaking of metal gear was so novel, but now yeah. so many things are fourth wall breaking. Um, and I like the matrix, but it's just like, I'm kind of sick of every franchise doing a movie. That's about the franchise itself. Um, we started seeing it with uh, Star Wars and The Last Jedi. Um, I think a lot of Marvel properties, even the Spider-Man movie, is, you know, it's talking about Spider-Man franchises on top of whatever story it's telling. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like the Ghostbuster movie that I'm never going to watch is very much of that same ilk as well. But um, those, are, those are movies, I think the difference is that those are movies that, by and large, revere themselves. So that's the thing that I think made Matrix Resurrection slightly different was it, it seemed to be like more accusatory, more interested yes. in asking the question of why this exists. Whereas as like the Ghostbusters movie, as, as I understand it, is literally just like, did you know Ghostbusters exists? It really exists. Here it is. We're pointing at it on the screen. That's and easy. pretending it has some kind of cultural importance that it really doesn't have, even amongst people who love the original two movies or whatever. Well, if it's one thing, and you know about the first Ghostbusters, is it's it's very serious, very self serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I would think of it. And you know, you know, Metal Gear Solid in its own way is up its own ass, but it's not up its own ass that way. No. Like even when we were talking about Metal Gear Solid Three, um, there are just so many jokes in there making fun of cloning or giant mechs or an idea of a Metal Gear 
uh, what's it called, mech. Um, there are just all sorts of pot shots at, oh, this really wouldn't work, or this really doesn't make sense, or this is kind of stupid, but whatever. It's, you know, yeah. it, it, it both takes it at face value and is earnest about it, but is not reverent of it. Um, which might be a fine line to walk, but I think Metal Gear, at least the original, you know, couple games really does it well. Let's see, what else do I have on here? Oh, um, we definitely need an enemy special forces unit. I was thinking, how could we do it so it's, what's it called, different from previous, uh, so it's not like Sniper Wolf and Revolver Ocelot or the fear, the pain, the end. And the best I could come up with is if they named the enemy special forces unit after various movie or, you know, like they already did Dr. Strangelove and Peace Walker. But like if there was a villain called Dr. Strangelove or if there was, you know, a boss called the Predator or, you know, all the stuff that influenced Metal Gear Solid, that might be a way to do it. But or they could just kind of stick to Wolf, Ocelot, Raven, a boss called the Great Escape. Mm hmm. Uh, The Cooler King. (laughs) Chain. Uh, I mean, you could do. Uh, so, like, there's there's different things. I couldn't really think of anything that would oh, be a boss unique. called Nicholas Winding Reference. <laughs> um, so I would think so, and it's it doesn't have to be a cohesive like uh, Dead Cell. Um, doesn't really have like a theme because yeah. it's like Fortune and Fat Man and Solidus and Bam. Um, no, the theme, Hollywood the theme movie is monsters. a bunch of uh, the theme is concepts we already made. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, maybe Hollywood movie monsters, you can work in a vamp character, but then you could also, you know, this is Dr. Frankenstein and this is werewolf and werewolf can be a sniper if they want to make it. Dr. Frankenstein's entire monologue is, uh, Frankenstein's entire monologue monologue is actually, I'm named after the doctor. Just think (laughs) it's like, Hey, that would be meta. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the enemy special forces unit, I don't think that the game or movie has to be patterned like the game, but I feel like, and I haven't seen Alita battle angel and I probably won't, but, uh, it's, I like, at least in the trailers, it looked like, oh, here's like five bosses that Alita Alita is going to yeah. fight on the, over the course of the film. I feel like that would be mm, good. Maybe rehearsal could this. be in this movie. Maybe he costs too much. Oh shit. Oh, he probably does cost too much, especially since he's going to be getting that blade money soon. But yeah. I think Mahershala Ali would be great. Um, but I mean, he there's nothing I would say he wouldn't be great in. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. And the last one I have on here is you definitely need to have a mech fight. There's no point in making a Metal Gear movie if you don't fight a Metal Gear of some capacity. But I do like how basically every game you have your big Metal Gear fight, but then it kind of comes down to a hand-to-hand sequence in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of strip away everything, um, including the character's clothes more often than not, and uh, you have a hand-to-hand sequence. And again, I don't need it to ape the games directly, but I feel like those tonally really hit a good point for the Metal Gear Solid games, and I think those would work in film. Um, yeah. And that would also be very anime of it, too. I agree. You, you have to have a mech fight. Um, and probably somewhere in the third act. Uh, but uh, anything else you can think of that you would want to see in a Metal Gear Solid film? Only thing I can really think of is I want his MGS costume. Yeah. Like, I don't need blue to, sneaking suit. Yeah, it doesn't need to be anything more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, God. I just. At, with all Hollywood does with its between the MCU or even those original X Men costumes and stuff, it just. 
just do the fucking uh what video game accurate which can be a cursed word um just do the fucking blue sneaking suit i mean listen um, i don't think it's a very good movie but people really liked mortal Kombat, the first mortal Kombat, because it just straight up did like scorpion just showed up it's like, i like it's scorpion it's him yeah yeah um and if you have someone smarter fine. than like it, okay it looks stupid but in the context of that movie which everyone looks stupid it didn't look more stupid yeah it i'm not going to a mortal combat film uh if i am going to a mortal combat movie to see them like the i want to see a realistic modern take on these costumes like the street fighter movie fucking sucks but everyone is pretty yes. much uh looks look, like how they should the look, look is not the problem with that movie mm-hmm. raul julia looks great uh, yeah it's, it, lo- it looks good full, like it's like, it looks good not even yeah yeah no i i think uh I really don't, again, I think this is just going back to our original concerns where they're just going to sand off the edges of everything that Mm. makes Mm -hmm. these cool, um, which is kind of what Hollywood does, you know, generally speaking, but has gotten even worse in the last, you know, decade or two. Um, It'll probably be some soulless recreation. And I think you brought up the Cowboy Bebop Netflix series. And God, I I wasn't even thinking about that. But yeah, that is kind of what we might be looking at in terms of a Metal Gear Solid. I think the look, if Jordan, like it, Jordan Voight Roberts has a cool, like, Console Island is a cool-looking movie. It's interesting-looking. So that, I, I'm, I'm not that worried about that, personally. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and that makes me think of another thing that I might like to see is I would like to see them do some fun stuff with the sound design and the camera, mm-hmm. uh, just because the games do some fun stuff. Like, if there is a sequence where we can really hear all of Oscar Isaac's footfalls and hear soldiers picking it out and stuff like that, that could be fun. And, or if they do, the camera in MGSV is completely unhinged um, because uh, Kojima's, uh, what's it called, dedicated to this single take kind of aesthetic for all of uh, Phantom Pain. But like that's kind of aping what they did in the first Metal Gear Solid game where, um, you know, when you leaned up your back against the wall, it's not like you cut to a different view. It's just like the camera shifts and looks a different way. Yeah, I'm and not each sure map, how that would work, but I'm yeah. definitely down to try. Yeah, that, that's just like I, I don't have answers for how to pull this off. But if they could, there's a sequence, I think it was Minority Report, where Tom Cruise is uh, trying to flee the cops and he's running through a factory scene. And it definitely gave me a Metal Gear Solid vibe because I only watch Metal mm. Gear Solid. Um, but it's like you see him like go into this look. factory <laughs> and there's uh there's, you know, various covers, pillars, boxes to hide behind. Um, you see him go in, you see the cops follow him in, and the camera kind of rises above the way it does in Metal Gear. That kind of, oh, this is what the map looked like here. And then we kind of see Tom Cruise stealthing along. I mean, even that original um, Matrix uh, sequence in the cubicles where uh, Keanu Reeves yeah. is ducking. Yeah, I, I think you need a shot like that. You're right. Yeah. Um, we, we, we need to see just... Some stealth stuff. This is not an Arnold Schwarzenegger come in with guns a blazing military action movie. Um, and the stealth stuff will also allow it, if it's a good movie or a good Metal Gear movie, to start talking about like pacifism or nonviolence or non lethality at least. Um, there's definitely there needs to be some violence, but um, if you if you include all that stuff, it's a lot easier to start getting to the themes that we want to see in the mm-hmm. game. So.
So that's mission complete for this episode. Our frequency is podcastsoundsfrontiers at gmail.com and at podsoundsfront on Twitter and Instagram. You can support Podcast Sounds Frontiers and all my other projects at patreon.com slash manuclearbomb, which Manuclear Bomb, hey, that's me. I've been Manu. You can find me covering The Lord of the Rings over at my brother, my captain, my podcast. I'm still Brian. I guess Nano's still in me what I am today. I don't know. I haven't thought of one for Peace Walker yet. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, we'll, we'll get to there. Uh, shout out to our sound editor, Stephen Boyd, a.k.a. DJ Empirical on Twitter. Please remember to like, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast application. So until next time, remember, here's to you. Stop eating the cord. Cord good.